Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Oh, hey, Dr. Sewell. Dr. Wagnall, how are you? Doing good. Doing good. Good. What are we talking about today? We are going to talk about intrusive thoughts, mm-hmm. sort of how to handle intrusive thoughts in particular. Um, so let's, let's go. What are intrusive thoughts exactly? Um, they're thoughts that are intrusive. They are. This is why you tune in, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Insights like this. This is it. Um, no, uh, much like the, 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 the uh, very obvious description. These are thoughts that um, kind of come out of nowhere, are fairly fairly distressing, um, cause a lot of uh, distress for the people experiencing them, and are um, followed by rapid and intense moves to evade such thought. Almost always, yeah. Yeah. I think it's worth dwelling for a second on a, a distinction that you and I think about all the time as therapists, but is probably in my experience, is not totally obvious to your average person, which is in some ways there's kind of two kinds of thoughts. You can think very intentionally. You know, if I said, Todd, what's 13 times six? Mm -hmm. Assuming you didn't have that memorized, you could sort of do that little calculation in your head. You could imagine 13 and then six. You you know, you could, um, or if I told you to visualize your favorite, the first day of your favorite vacation or picture your daughter's face. Mm -hmm. Like there's, so we can initiate and have control over our thoughts a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, But then there are also thoughts that we don't have control over and that we don't initiate. They just arrive, Mm -hmm. right? We didn't decide, you know, to have them. It just popped into my head. Kind of like breathing. You don't have to focus on it to have it happen. Exactly. That's a good metaphor, right? You can. You can do like deep breathing, Mm -hmm. for instance, Mm -hmm. or you can just notice the fact that you're breathing. But there is also this side of breathing, which is kind of automatic. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's, it's good to be aware of that, like with your own thoughts, it's very normal to have both of those. I I think a lot of people assume that because I can control my thoughts sometimes, I ought to be able to completely control Mm -hmm. everything that goes on in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just not how the mind works. Like your mind is just going to throw thoughts at you sometimes. Yeah. And, and, and when, when individuals have these intrusive thoughts and, and some of them are, um, really disturbing, mm-hmm. you know, some of them are very, um, fear provoking, disgusting, even, um, people have this kind of really natural reaction of like, I don't want to think of that. I don't want to have that thought yeah. in my head. It makes me, or, or maybe they have judgments about the thought, like having this thought makes me a bad person or means that I might actually do this thing mm-hmm. or, you know, they assign meaning to it. Um, so what what are some like common examples of these disturbing intrusive thoughts that you come across? I had a client one time who was cutting vegetables in the kitchen and their dog ran by and they had the thought, what if I just stab my dog? Right. With this knife or a a client even who had intrusive thoughts about stabbing their kid, Mm. you know, under certain, um, kind of similar context where they're preparing dinner and the kid was being crazy. And they, all of a sudden this thought popped in their head and, um, the reaction to it oftentimes is, oh my God, would I really ever do that? Mm-hmm. Or like this kind of almost like, like they've, they does lose control. I does it mean that I'm an to? evil person? Mm-hmm. And does it mean that I'm bad that I had that thought? And, 
and and a really um, ironic part is once you have one of these and you decide that it can't be experienced or, or it means something terrible, now when that thought shows up, boy, is it even more disturbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've had some. I see this a lot with um, new moms. Like this is a fairly common thing actually after pregnancy to have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, morbid, intrusive thoughts about your new baby, which yeah. is really terrifying, right? Like, oh sure moms who imagine you know strangling their baby like the thought crosses mm-hmm. my mind what mm-hmm. if i just like reach down and um but then i think it, it's also worth putting in context this is there's a continuum of intrusive thoughts you actually experience intrusive thoughts all the time throughout the day all mm-hmm. sorts of things pop into your mind throughout the day right most of them are sometimes they're helpful like you just happen to remember that you you know forgot to get something to the grocery store right mm-hmm. A lot of them, though, are just totally inconsequential. Like some thought about like you're driving down the road and, you know, you think of some vacation you were on, you know, two years ago or something. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Not particularly good, bad, whatever. It's just... Yeah, some, some intrusive thoughts are pretty benign. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, probably most of them, the yeah. vast majority. It's very rare, actually, for, that these, they do happen, but it's when you put them in perspective of all the other types of intrusive thoughts we have... Um, you could even think of dreams as intrusive thoughts, mm-hmm. right? You didn't decide to dream anything. Your mind just created them yeah. right? and you experience them. And sometimes there's strong emotion attached to them, mm-hmm. right? But the mind does this all the time. The mind throws stuff at us all the time. Um, that we don't completely control at all. Yeah. And we don't, we don't initiate it. We don't, you know, mm-hmm. um, Another one, I was talking to a client recently who was concerned because he, he'd gotten in a, a big fight with his wife and he started, he found himself a few times in the, in the next day or two afterwards fantasizing about other women, like being with other women. Mm-hmm. That this thought, it's not something he like cho- chose to actively do. He was kind of, he didn't like it and he tried to not think of that anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because even though he was in a fight with his wife, he loves his wife and whatever, their relationship's fine. Um but the, these kind of um, fantasies, right, are like another form sometimes that can be kind of disturbing to people. And that's, th- there's actually a name for that one. It's called a compensatory fantasy, mm-hmm. right? So when you're, it's actually, it makes a lot of sense, actually. If you're struggling in a particular area in a relationship, you're going to imagine some alternative that's like perfect and yeah. ideal and like. A fantasy. Yeah. It's yeah. not, it's not, we do it all the time, right? Mm-hmm. When you're, if you're in a job you can't stand, like you're going to fantasize about your ideal job, you know, or. So I. I, we're spending a lot of time in this, I think, to just sort of normalize the fact that there's this, your mind does weird stuff. <laughs> well, well, I think the point we're really driving it is, is it is an individual's designation that the thought is a sign that they're awful or cannot be experienced that makes them persistent and intrusive in a way. Yeah, okay, so let's unpack that a little bit. Um, so I have some horrible thought about, you know, Todd comes into my office to record the podcast. And I just imagine myself strangling him. Mm-hmm. I agree. That is a terrible thought. <laughs> Such a terrible thought. The world agrees with you. Perfectly understandable if people ever tried to podcast with Todd. <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, so you have some intrusive, you know, disturbing intrusive thought, right? Mm-hmm. And it's painful. It's like you don't like it, but, right? Yeah. So it's natural to want to make it go away, to run away from it yourself, to interpret that it means something negative about you or about who you might be or what you might do. Mm-hmm. But why, let's, let's kind of unpack that a little bit. Why is that maybe not such a great idea? 
Well, the, well, the idea is um, what, what you alluded to earlier, you're not in complete control of that thought. And so when you decide that something you're experiencing internal um, cannot be experienced or should not be experienced, yet you are experiencing it, boy, that is, you have painted right. yourself into a corner. It's such a setup to judge yourself for things you can't control. Right. <laughs> right, which when you frame it like that, it's, it sounds obvious enough. But I think if you pay attention, we do this a lot. Mm-hmm. We subtly get in these habits of blaming ourselves, like morally, for things we don't have control over. Right. And as far as I know, I don't think there are many people who would actually claim that you can be morally responsible for something you don't have control over. Mm-hmm. Like responsibility implies control. Right. Right. And so when you think about it, if you really take to heart this idea that there's a lot, a lot of what happens in your mind, you don't have control over. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm that ought to give you pause and really think about, well, then what, what am I responsible for? Mm-hmm. If I have this whole class of thoughts that I'm not ultimately in control over, am I also responsible for them? Eh, probably not. Yeah. Um, there, there is a point at which you do have control over your thoughts, and that might be you know, choosing to think of this topic of mm-hmm. strangling Todd over and over and <laughs> over again every time I see him in the hall yes. and, and rehearsing that. Um, or planning his demise on my notepad. Now there's a realm of your thought you are controlling and you're choosing to do. Right. Um, but being able to distinguish the two are, are good. The other thing, the other idea though, is that thoughts somehow are harmful. Oh. Um, and, and, and people can get stuck on this one that um, those having those thoughts will take away my control. You know, I've had people who have the really normal every once in a while suicidal thought. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, oh, I just wish this all would go away, or I just wouldn't wake up in the morning, or I just don't want to deal with this. Or, yep. um, and the idea there is that um, there's some kind of meaning given to the thought as if this means I might do it. This will strip away some of my control. I might actually act on this yep. just randomly and uncontrollably. Um, and so the idea that your thoughts some, can somehow cause you harm uh, without your say-so is... is uh, particularly damaging and, right. and scary for people. One of my little mantras for this that I like to tell people is that often the, these, I mean, sometimes thoughts are just totally random, have nothing to do with anything. Anything. But yeah. the the better uh, or a way to think about them is your thoughts, even your automatic or sort of unintended thoughts, they're often reflective of your what's going on in your life now or maybe something in the recent past or mm-hmm. even far past, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're, like that example before, if you're having a lot of stress in your relationship, right, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be surprising that your mind goes to, you know, fantasizing about mm-hmm. someone else, mm-hmm. right? So that that's a reflection of this stress that's going on mm-hmm. in your relationship, right? So they're they're often reflective, but they're not predictive. At I think all. that is the yeah. key, right? They show you what's going on in the in the present or in the past, but they're not like a fortune cookie into what's going to happen in the future. Definitely. They don't not. have any predictive power. And there's there's plenty of research that shows this that that people who have intrusive thoughts are no more likely to carry them out or do the thing they're afraid right. of than people who don't. Right. Um, some some intrusive thoughts can be like really inappropriate like you're in the you're in church and you start having thoughts about um some sexual fantasy or something yeah. like that. And you're like, Oh my God, why am I thinking of this right here right now? I can't be thinking of this. This is awful. The fact that I'm having this thought in this situation means I'm bad and I'm mm-hmm. sinful or whatever. And, and you can get really carried away and all that meaning making. 
But yeah, yeah. And, th- and that's another important dynamic. I think that's really key for well, how do you what do you actually do if you're having like repetitive mm-hmm. thoughts you don't mm-hmm. like? Mm-hmm. Then this is a, one of these many examples where our natural instinct is the exact opposite of what you want to do. Right. <laughs> the natural instinct is, oh my god, I'm having these you know impure thoughts or these you know disgusting thoughts or these violent thoughts. Like I have to stop. I have to make myself stop, stop doing this. this. Yeah. Or even like I have to distract myself. And like focus on something else right. so that I don't have these thoughts. So I'm not thinking it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the ironic process here is that the more you try to suppress any kind of thought, including these distressing thoughts, the more likely they are to come back and to come back stronger and more frequently. They persist. Yeah. And the, the reason is that when you, basically, whatever you tell your brain is a problem, your brain is learning that that is a problem and it's going to start to think of it as a problem, right? It's bad so if, that I have this thought. Yeah, so if yeah. you're telling your brain, hey, there's this this thought I just had, that's dangerous. Your brain is going to go, okay, noted, that's dangerous. I'm going to be on the alert for that kind of thought. I'm going to right? remind myself yep. to be on the alert. And I'm going to remind you of this thing yeah. just so you know. You know. So that's why you're you're unintentionally telling your brain to have more of those thoughts by trying not to have those thoughts. You know, I, had a, I, I, I teach uh, psychology classes from time to time at, at a local college here. And um, one of my assignments sometimes is, is I tell those kids that over the weekend, they're, forget, they're to forget that I wrote the word cookies on the board. <laughs> right? So that's, and I, and I make a point to kind of repeat that yeah. very often. Cookies. And the irony is, is immediately present because we're going to co- cover um, cognitive thinking patterns, you know. And, but, but the students kind of immediately get it that... It, you know, if they remember that this is their homework assignment, they're yeah. also remembering this thing that they're not supposed to remember. Don't forget to totally forget about cookies. Whatever <laughs> right. you do, do, do not, not forget yeah. about forgetting about cookies. Yeah. Or, or, or yeah, make yourself forget that I wrote this right. on the board, you know, and, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because I have students two, three years past sometimes that'll see me around town and they'll be like, ah, oh, cookies, cookies. cookies. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. But, but the idea, the exercise there is, is that it, it doesn't have to be a distressing thought. It, it, the idea is if you're trying to suppress something, you're actively remembering it at yeah. the same time. So it, it, it's, it's counterproductive. It doesn't work. The other little wrinkle here too, is that, um, instinctively running away from or trying to avoid or distract yourself often does the same thing. Brings it right back up. Yep, brings it right back up. And importantly, long-term teaches your brain that this thought that is disturbing and maybe painful is also dangerous. Actively, because if you run away from something, that's a huge cue to your brain that this thing is dangerous. Yeah, and you're teaching yourself that that thoughts are dangerous. Yes. Yeah. So the, the, the middle line that I like to encourage people to walk is to, when you have one of those intrusive thoughts, you acknowledge it. You can even remind yourself, this is painful, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything about me or what I'm going to do. And then, and this is key, you allow the thought to hang out while you go about your business. Mm -hmm. So I just had this thought of struggling, strangling Todd before the podcast. It's kind of disturbing me, but whatever. It's just a thought. I'm going to get on with the podcast. I'm not saying it has to go away, but I'm also not going to think more about it. I'm just allowing it to hang out and I'm going to get on with doing my podcast. It doesn't mean anything. Yep. Yeah. And that, that's the hard part is I think clients want to know what to do to make the thought go away. And, and as long as they're fixated on that, 
the the idea is like, ooh, this is counterproductive. You're you're now reminding yourself, and you're even scanning for that thought. Yeah. Like a lot of my clients will scan, like haven't had thought that thought in a while. Oh no, now I'm thinking no, of the thought, thought, you know, and yeah. so. Scanning and, and being hypervigilant against something is not a good way to decrease your anxiety around it. Right. So you have to be, ironically, you have to be willing to have the thought in order for your brain to learn that it's not dangerous and to stop throwing it at you so much. Yeah. And learn how you can have that thought and still be okay. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.